Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin, and with me is Steve Prudian. And today, today we're going to remember. That's that's kind of our word of the day today is remember. But Steve, before we get into it, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. When you say the word remember, it reminds me when you go to a doctor and they want to test your memory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody, we're going to read a list of 12 things. And at, no, I'm just kidding. Um, remember is a command. Yes, it is. Remember is a command that shows up more than once, more than twice, more than a whole lot of times throughout our instruction book, the Bible. So, what are we remembering? Well, my first, my first um, incident of being aware that um, remember was part of our faith. Right. Was for the first time in my life I stepped into a Baptist church. And I'd never seen one of these before. Okay. It was a table in front of the stage or the pulpit. Right. Okay. And um, it was decorated with a pretty lace cloth and had candles. And, but it had an inscription on the front of it. Now, okay. you got to understand, I was a, a new Christian. I didn't know nothing from anything. Right. And they had this table that said, remember me. Okay. And, of course, that... Um, brought a question into my mind. What are we supposed to remember? Yeah, Who's good the, question. Who is the me? Mm-hmm. Well, that answer is we're supposed to remember who Jesus Christ is. Not who he was, right? but who he is. But in discussing the who he is, we have to remember what his life stood for, what he came for, what he did, mm-hmm. what he said, what he gave up, and what he promised. Right. And f- because of that, there's that table in the center before the pulpit that says, remember me. There could be many a minister who stood behind that pulpit and said many a good thing. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing that will get into your mind is that one table. It's always there. It probably still there today. It probably has not gone away. Probably. For us to remember me, remember Jesus Christ. But if you're going to remember Jesus Christ, he's tied to the Father. Right. And the Holy Spirit is tied to the Father and the Son. Yep. So there's a lot more to remember than just the acts and the life and the sacrifice and the promise and the return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, there is. And it goes back to goes back to even before the beginning. Yes, it does. 
you know, Jesus is part of the Godhead, and so he existed with God and the Spirit before time and before creation even happened. He's part of the us. He is part of the us. Yep. Make them... We will make them in our image. And that we is the big three, and that our image is in the image of God and Jesus and the Spirit. We will make them in our image. So there's, there is a lot more to remember than what's written in the four Gospels. Or on the table. Or on the table. Well, on the table you get two words, but those two words are quite meaningful. They float all the way through Scripture. Mm-hmm. From Genesis to Revelation. Yep. There are many teachings in the Bible that call us to remember. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, Ecclesiastes 12.1 is one that I happen to have pulled up here. Remember your creator. And he actually goes on here and says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the times of trouble come. Which isn't what we do, is it? If you look at our culture and you look at our society, we are much more likely to remember God when things are bad. Crisis. And as we get to, well, during times of trial, right? During times of trial, mm-hmm. we think of God. And as we get older and are facing more and more reality in our, in our mortality, we think about God more. But Solomon said to remember God, your creator, in your youth, during the good times, before trouble comes. And it's interesting, because we don't... Especially in light of when he wrote Ecclesiastes in his own life. Very, very close to the end of it. Right. So that's not... That's not the only. That's not the only. We have... We've got Deuteronomy chapter 4... Remember God, teach your children. We've got Deuteronomy 6, um, immediately following the Shema to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. He uh, continues that thought to say, keep these commands that I'm giving you today. Keep them in your heart. Teach them to your children. Teach them when you walk and talk and sit and stand and as you come and as you go. Remember them. I guess you need to remember something to be able to do that. You have to. You'd have to. But he goes on and even says, write them on your hands. Mm Mm-hmm. Write them on your hand. Write it on your forehead so that you don't forget. Jesus, it reminds me of when I went to school for the first couple of weeks. Yeah? What was that? I had stuff that my mother wrote and put around my wrist. Oh, yeah? To make sure I wouldn't lose it so the teacher would get it. (laughs) I wrote my locker combination on the palm of my hand. I can understand that. Yeah. Too much to remember. Too much to remember. So you got to remember. 
I hear people reference the cross. We remember the cross. Which is good to remember the cross. But isn't isn't there more to that? I'm kind of jumping here. I'm I'm sorry. It's a it's a little bit of a topic shift, just kind of a sudden thing. But we remember the cross. But what do we remember about the cross? Maybe that's a more important question. I remember the Jesus who lived a life not only as a man, but also as a child. Yes. And the Bible says that in all ways he is like us. Mm-hmm. But because Jesus is the Son of God, I have a great respect that he had to grow up in this world. Yes. And be like us. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that Jesus probably skinned his knee a time or two. I would expect so. However, when we back, get back to remember me, mm-hmm. the cross is only one glance at remembrance. Right. I would like to remember what Jesus taught. Okay. I'd like to remember his grace and mercy to those who didn't deserve grace and mercy, his example. Right. I would like to remember the fact that he took misfits, people who were looked down upon, and he made them his chosen students. Mm-hmm. I would like to take the fact, remember the fact that the blood that he shed was a miraculous blood, a blood that had power then and has power today. Mm-hmm. It had the power then to save and has the power to save today. Yes, it does. It had the power to heal then and it has the power to heal today. It had the power to fulfill prayers then and it has the power to fulfill prayers today. This is what I want to remember about Jesus, especially if I'm at that table that says, remember me. I'm going to look at his life and his body and what he did and remember that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at that cup, which is not only the shedding of blood, but the sharing of his blood. Right. And because of that, those of us who believe have had a transfusion of his blood into our lives. And we can't ignore, we can't neglect the life that he had as a human being, his ministry, because that's an example to us that we're called to do. We're called to be like him. We are. And we can't do any of it without him. And so the blood that he shed on the cross and going back to the Last Supper, he says, uh, this cup is my blood. And it's a new covenant. And then he told them to drink it. Which, they was, ag- were- which was against Hebrew, 
Hebrew teaching of all kinds because they, they were not supposed to touch blood. <laughs> they would remember, they would remember um, in Leviticus, and I don't know, remember exactly where it is off of the top of my head. Um, but in Leviticus, the blood of the animal contains its life. So you're not supposed to you're not supposed to drink the blood of animals. You're not nope. supposed to drink the blood of people because that contains the life force of that person. So now Jesus is telling us, commanding us to basically accept his life force into our being. Contrary to the custom. Contrary to the custom. In what would seem to be a direct no-no to the Levitical law, right? It's, it's, it's opposed to the law. It is a paradox. It is. Now, I, I won't get into any transubstantiation or don't bother. any any of that kind of <laughs> any of that kind of thought on it but but when we accept Jesus when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth as Jesus is Lord we're sealed by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives within us is it possible and this is just thoughts bubbling in my head. Is it possible that part of the remember, part of the cup, part of the remember is remember that you have the spirit, my spirit that lives inside of you. You have been sealed by my blood. Yes. Is it, is it possible that that's part of it? Remember the spirit that lives inside of you. Yes. The blood is alive. Oh, absolutely it is. The blood moves. Yep. The spirit is alive. Yep. The spirit moves. Yes, he does. And he moves, believe it or not, in our human frame. He moves within our bodies. Yep. However, he has to be given permission. He has to be allowed to move within us. Who's the boss? God's the boss. Who's the boss? Oftentimes, we want to be the boss. We try to be. And when we want to be the boss, we basically say no to God. We do. And when we say no to God, we're grieving and hindering the spirit. Mm-hmm. But when we say no to God, who else are we grieving? God, Jesus. Jesus himself, yep. who actually provided his sacrifice so we could have a new life in him. Right. And we say, thanks, I've had enough. No thanks. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. And that's just, that's another paradox. That uh, God is the all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe. He is, I like to say he's the omni-omni. You know, he's omniscient, he's, he's all-seeing, all-knowing, but he's the everything of everything. 
Is going to church once a week on a Sunday enough to remember? I'm going to finish with my paradox. Oh, okay. God is the omni-omni. He is the everything of everything. But as powerful as he is, he has given us a free will to deny him. And he respects that. Out of his love for us and his perfect love for us, he will let us choose things that are against his will as the, the single most powerful entity ever. So when we remember to forget ourselves, when we remember what Jesus said, you take up your cross daily and follow me, then we become less and God becomes more and remembering becomes a little bit easier. Do we put a limit on God? Do we put a governor on God? Oh, yeah. We put God in a box. Why do you think we do that? I think a lot of it has to do with pride. We... uh, we want to be in control of our own lives, or at least feel like we're in control, fool ourselves into thinking we're in control. And if we give some things up that we feel like we control, then uh, then we have to trust God more, maybe more than we're willing to or want to admit that we have to. You know, money's a great thing. There's, uh, there's a lot of people that work two jobs in order to make ends meet. Families that have two or three or even four sources of income to make ends meet. And they trust themselves. They trust the numbers on the, on the checkbook. They trust how hard they can work. They trust their employer to pay them. And it would be really hard, it is really hard, to trust God instead, to trust God to provide all that. With free will. Right. Does God give us a choice on what we should remember? Um, I would say that he tells us what we should remember, but he gives us a choice of whether or not we're going to do it. The exercise of remembrance? Mm-hmm. You know, on those scriptures you have there, Dustin. Yes. There's an instruction to, there's an instruction on how to raise children. Yes. And you could probably pull up that verse, but the general thought of that verse is, is that you're instructing children all the time. All from the time. morning till night. Yep. All the time. And that instruction is not just in word only. Right. That instruction is how you live your life out mm-hmm. based upon the word that you're teaching your children to live. Well, 
And it occurs to me that that, uh, that command might actually be something else as well as a command. So teach your children as you go. Is it also a reminder that as we go about our day, we're teaching our children? Whether we're intentional about it or not, we're teaching our children. They're watching, they're watching everything that we do. And where are we getting that teaching from? Well, we should be getting it from the book, from the good book. But oftentimes, what, teach, what are we teaching? Oh, a lot of the times we're teaching trust money. Uh, we're teaching materialism. We're teaching... Um, what success is. What success is, yeah. We're teaching worldly things in a lot of cases. Are we remembering me? Not nearly as often as we should. Too many other things obscure it. Sure. Get in the way. Yep. Do you see today that people, good people, people of faith, let other things get in the way of their faith? Every day. I mean, even with me. Every day, things will try and get in the way. You know, something, something like car trouble tries to get in the way of faith. When do you remember God? When do you remember God? I, I will say I often remember God later than I should. I will be in a situation. I will complain about the situation. And then I will go, I really should have prayed. I really should have talked to God. I really should have remembered God in that moment instead of reacting in the way I did. I find it interesting, that little phrase. And sometimes that little phrase, we think it's about children. But wait a second, who are the children of God? All of us. All of us, okay? So when you think about that, it includes you as a child of God. Yes. And it says, you begin thinking about God when you wake up. Mm-hmm. You, you think about God when you go out into the world during the day. Yep. You think about God when you come home at night. Yep. You think about God as the last thing when you close your, before you close your eyes and you go to bed. Yep. That's an awful lot of thinking about God. It is. I wonder what I'm supposed to remember about what I was thinking about. (laughs) Well, and it just brings up that idea of discipline over motivation. We are to discipline ourselves and condition ourselves and train ourselves and train each other and help each other to learn how to remember God as we rise and as we 
go to bed and as we come and as we go. And that's all, that's practicing the fundamentals every day. If you can't breathe, are you going to remember God? Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Okay, you're going to remember God. The fact is, is I find that um, God has a greater value when you, when you discover that there are some things you cannot do on your own. Right. In the simple thing of just breathing, one breathe in and one breath out. Yep. Oftentimes we don't think about God as we're doing that. Yep. Have you ever choked? I have. And what were you afraid of when you were choking? What were you afraid of? Um, actually, I was afraid of the uncomfortableness and the pain that might be associated with continuing to choke. When I've choked, I realized I couldn't breathe. Yep. And I was, whether I was conscious, whether the, I was going to define it as breath or breathing, mm -hmm. but I was conscious of the fact that I needed to breathe soon. Yes. Because... I know that if I didn't breathe soon, it wouldn't matter why I choked. Right. Unfortunately, today, most people do not appreciate the breath of God in their lives. Right. It's taken for granted. All right. I'm going to spin us. I'm going to turn our topic a little bit. Because we've been talking a lot about the symptom and what we're, what we're supposed to be doing. Let's talk about how. Do we have any practical tips, any help that we can offer for anybody who's out listening right now, any of our eight regular listeners? If you are wondering how you can better remember what are some things that they can do, Steve? You know, I was I was in, intrigued about when um, Joshua took um, the tribes across the Jordan. Okay. I found it interesting that everything had to stop in order to remember. Did you know hmm. that everything had to stop? In order to remember. Interesting. Joshua sent the leaders of each tribe back into the Jordan mm -hmm. to pick up a rock out of the Jordan. Yep. To build an altar at the edge of the Jordan. One for each tribe. Yep. And the question was asked, what are we doing that for? We just crossed the Jordan. That's kind of a dumb thing to do, to go back into the Jordan to pick up rocks. Right. Yeah, it's a little it's interesting. Yeah. And the answer is, is so you remember this day when God performed the miracle so you could cross the Jordan in dry land 
to allow you to come into the promised land that God has promised you. Yep. And it's a remembrance for you and for your children and for your children's children, whoever passes by and say, what are those rocks built up for? And you ought to tell the story about how God delivered his people across the Jordan. The relevance to that story is, is are we building remembrances to how God, what God has done in our lives? Do we have a place that we can refer to uh, that shows a prayer request or a need that we have and when God answered it? The reason our faith in many cases is so anemic is the reason that anyone's faith would be lacking. It's just that we failed to remember. Right. We didn't place a stone. Yeah, and that's, that's you kind of alluded to something there. Um, one of the ways that you can place a stone, place that remembrance, is um, some people have a custom of writing down their prayers and also the answers that they've received to prayer. It's called the book of prayer. A book of prayer. Mm-hmm. And it's something that can be referred back to in order to remember, in order to see what God has done in our lives and refresh us in that way. Do you know that's, that's a testimony? Mm-hmm. Because you're testifying to what God has done. Yep. But how are you going to testify to what God has done unless you're able to remember what God has done? Well, all too often we do forget. But one of the things, one of the things that we can do is to assemble and talk about God. How often do we talk about those things? We put out prayer requests, but do we ever talk about the completion of those prayer requests? Not nearly as often as we probably should. You know, I want to be part of a living faith. Yes. I don't want to be part of a historical old faith that worked then. I want a faith that works today, that works now. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm breathing today, right now. Yep. And so I need to know where does my breath come from? My breath comes from the Lord. Yes, it does. Where does anything come from? All Mm -hmm. gifts come from the Lord. Everything comes from God. And God created everything. And to him, everything will return. You know, back to Ecclesiastes, everything on this earth will turn back to dust. The beautiful giant trees, mountains, towering mountains, bars of gold, diamonds, rubies, precious precious gems, and us. And where are the seven wonders of the world today? They are no more. Crumbling. They were wonders. But are they even remembered? Uh, no, not in no. a lot of cases. No. Not in a lot of cases. But What is the wonder of wonders that's worth remembering? God. God. God and Jesus and the sacrifice that was made. And 
There's a song called The Wonder of It All. Okay. And that's Jesus yeah. and what he did for us. I can't even fathom how a person could give his life that way for anyone. Mm -hmm. The wonder of it all. Yep. So, in practical terms, we're going to talk not about um, motivation. I'm going to... We can't be motivated to grow in our remembrance because motivation is too inconsistent. It's a feeling. We've got to talk about discipline, which shares its root with the word disciple. It's about doing things intentionally in order to build the habit so that you do it automatically. And what I mean by that is we remember, we remember God at certain times. When you can't breathe, you will remember God. When you go out to start your car in the morning and the battery's dead, you might not remember God. When things are really good in your life and prosperity happens, so many of us forget God in those moments. It's the discipline that keeps it consistent. If we remember God in the morning when we wake up, if we spend time studying scripture, if we spend time praying throughout the day, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. In all things and everything, give thanks to God. If we talk to God and study before bedtime, if we're spending time in a group Bible study, if we're spending time in Sunday school classes, if we're spending time attending the assembly and not neglecting that assembly, as we're reminded to do in the book of Hebrews, do not neglect the assembly. Go to church. Go to church on Sunday morning. Go to church programs throughout the week if they're available to you. And if we do those intentional things, and we discipline ourselves to do that. Then when the car breaks down, or it's got a dead battery in the morning, you go out, you turn the key, and it goes click, click, click. Instead of getting mad at the car, or one of the kids who left the car door open, or the battery that's gone dead, or whatever else, your thoughts will go to God. And you go, okay, God, I don't get it, but I think you're trying to teach me something this morning. Faithfulness is an interesting word. Yes, it is. The battery is, de is dead. Yep. It's cold outside. Yep. And God has a sense of humor. He says, in everything, give thanks. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Because you don't want to know something? That battery may be dead to save your life. It might be. It might be. You don't know. You don't. So when we're disciplined and when we practice our faith on a regular, consistent basis, when we focus on the fundamentals, 
who is Jesus, who is God, who is the Spirit, and what do we have to learn from them? What is the gospel and what does that mean? Then when we go out to the car in January and it's 30 degrees below zero and you turn the key and the car doesn't start, there's a lot less frustration that happens. You know, sometimes things just don't make sense. Right. I can attest to that, yeah. And the reason they don't make sense is, is because we can't see the end from the beginning. And oftentimes we become frustrated because they weren't within our own will. Right. That these things happen when they happen and how they happen. Mm-hmm. One time I was... Um, I was being coy, and I was being coy with a theological professor. Okay. Sometimes I like getting a little bit sarcastic with them. All right. Okay. And so my statement to him is, I said, how am I supposed to remember all this stuff? And he says, don't ask me. And I said, but you're the professor. Mm-hmm. He says... I just told you the stuff you're supposed to remember. He says, now you have to rely upon the Holy Spirit because it's him who will bring all things to remembrance. But he'll only bring them to your remembrance when you need to remember them. Right. How's that work? He says, it's based upon a value system. Mm-hmm. He says, if you could remember everything, you wouldn't have to rely upon the Holy Spirit. Right. But because you do rely upon the Holy Spirit and he brings all things to remembrance, he says, remember what power did that. Right. Yep. And we see that in the book of Acts when Peter and Stephen both testify in front of the council. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit brings into their mind what they, what they say. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And Paul went through that when he had to stand, put up his own defense in front of the governor Felix. So are you saying that if I have a consistent or even a continual dialogue with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, that I will remember when my car doesn't start, I'll remember God? Yeah. When I can't breathe, I'll remember God? Yeah. When good things happen in my life, I'll remember God. If the Holy Spirit's prompting you, yes. Holy Spirit, you have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, our humanness gets in the way. And sometimes we forget to include the Holy Spirit. And then you know what happens then? What happens then? I found the curbstone I didn't see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like the idea of ending on a positive. So I think it's positive as a remark to just encourage a consistent and even continual communion with the Holy Spirit. You keep that conversation going. It, he will answer. He will talk to you. It will be a two-way communication. 
And then, when you have that friend that's always with you, and you've built that relationship, when anything happens, he will, uh, in a manner of speaking, be your first phone call, be your first text message. And then you'll remember God right away, all the time. Be creative. Of course. Write them down. Speak them to your children's children. Yep. So they will remember the great things that God has done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve, thank you very much for coming in. Great conversation today. Thank you. No, thank God it was his conversation. But thank you. (laughs) 